Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there and welcome to the Times Business Podcast where we look ahead this time to the big event that will move markets currencies and certainly provide a talking point for some time to come. That means Brexit. I'm Robert Miller. I'm joined on the line from Berlin by The Times correspondent David Charter and here in the studio by Catherine Griffiths, our banking editor, and Martin Waller, editor of the Daily Tempest column. Welcome to you all. David, uh, I'd like to start with you. But first, I've got a couple of clips. Um, there's Theresa May, what she told MPs in her statement to the House. And that's followed by Michel Barnier's first press conferences. His proper title is Chief Negotiator for the Preparation and Conduct of the Negotiations with the United Kingdom under Article 50. So there you have it. Here's Theresa May. This will be a defining moment for our whole country as we begin to forge a new relationship with Europe and a new role for ourselves in the world. We will be a strong, self-governing, global Britain, with control once again over our borders and our laws. And we will use this moment of opportunity to build a stronger economy and a fairer society, so that we secure both the right deal for Britain abroad and a better deal for ordinary working people at home. We are entering uncharted waters. The work will be legally complex, politically sensitive, and will have important consequences for our economies and first for our people on both sides of the channel. But David, there's the Prime Minister's vision and the Brussels perspective. What's the view from Berlin? Right. Well, that wasn't all that uh, Barnier had to say, was it? Because he went on to warn, uh, just as Berlin is warning, about the very negative consequences of not getting a deal during this two-year process. He talked of queues of lorries forming at Dover, um, the lack of certainty for customs controls on the border and problems with aviation if we're not in the single market for aviation, uh, a really a cataclysmic kind of scenario. Of course, they're building up on their side um, a, a warning to Britain to try and do a sensible deal because they've heard, as, and, and this was very shocking to uh, politicians in Berlin, when Philip Hammond warned that if there was no deal, then Britain could become some kind of very low tax um, economy like a Singapore uh, off of China just trying to uh, 
doing everything it could to attract uh, businesses um, away from the continent. So there's actually a good deal of nervousness about um, how the, the British will play the negotiation. Of course, there's a, especially in Berlin, I would say, we've got Anglophiles like Wolfgang Schäuble, the finance minister, who still believe in British fair play and think that it will be hopefully a gentlemanly negotiation. But you can already see by the different priorities for the first item on the agenda that there's going to be uh, potential for quite a big showdown because the European side wants to talk about the money and settling the big, the big bill that they think Britain will owe when it leaves of up to 60 billion euros, whereas the British side want to talk about the status of Brits um, in, in the remaining EU and the EU citizens in Britain and get that one sorted first. So, yes, a very bumpy road ahead and a lot of market turbulence um, and uh, turbulence for sterling as well, I should think. I'm certainly picking up in the city um, a kind of growing view that, that we'll just run out of time. Um, I don't know whether you would agree, David, or not, but um, when you talk to financial institutions, they feel, well, first of all, a bit, disappointed, although they probably understand the reasons for why the Prime Minister has not really said anything very meaningful at all about the financial sector. Just the view that if you think there's not going to be any kind of meaningful engagement between the two sides until after the um, French and potentially even the German elections, you're sort of wasting about six months. Um, And then when you start to kind of break down the remaining time, uh, we, we're just going to run out of time. There's certainly been a, a big research note published just today, in fact, on that subject. Um, and I suppose yeah. what's really quite fascinating to think is how much is that? How much is that now seen as the central scenario within the, the negotiating parties, and, and what's being done about it? What it all depends on is is what your view is of what is supposed to be accomplished during this two-year period, because. There's a very firm view among many of the Europeans that this is simply a negotiation on the what you might call the exit treaty. Um, So it's unstitching all of the bonds of membership and settling um, very basically how Britain leaves, but not necessarily the entire new relationship, including the trading relationship, which some on the European side think should perhaps be subject to transitional arrangements of three or five years. Um, Norbert Rutgen, who's the head of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the German Bundestag, has talked of five to ten years of a transition period where why, why doesn't Britain just stay in the customs union, uh, so goes the thinking, uh, while we uh, leisurely and sensibly negotiate a proper new trading arrangement rather than trying to do it all in a rush. Of course, the British side want to do this in parallel and they want to get the, the trading and the new trading arrangements um, negotiated right alongside the exiting arrangement. So and that'll be the that'll be item number two on the agenda, I suppose, after they, they've decided what item number one is. And well, of course, it's of course, some some in this country would would absolutely love that again. Um, banks and financial institutions and other and other parts of industry would love to see an unhurried tra- transitional arrangement um, after the exit. 
But as as we all know, Theresa May is mindful of her own party and people have stopped talking about it as a transition arrangement because they sort of see that as the road to, to nowhere. And now it's being talked about as an implementation arrangement because it sounds a bit more, you know, can do. But uh, w- whatever you actually call it, of mm. course, um, lots of people think it would have a lot of merit, but it's whether you can sell the idea of there not being a clean break to, you know, the, the Brexiteers. That's what's caused um, a lot of nervousness as well over here because Theresa May has already come out in her January speech and said we'll be leaving the single market and we'll be leaving the jurisdiction of the European Court of Justice. And so if you're going to leave that at the end of the Article 50 talks in two years' time, you are actually heading for a hard Brexit where you don't have um, a proper trading arrangement, not to mention many other arrangements, not least aviation, which I mentioned at the beginning. So um, there is quite a high-stakes uh, decision to be made on whether we're going to get it all done in two years, which does seem very difficult by all accounts. No one I speak to in business that I can remember having spoken to about this, and I speak to a lot of people every week, thinks this can be done in two years. Um, it's it's a ludicrous suggestion. Um, I think the problem is the people have, the people have brought us to this place. We're never expecting to end up here, and they haven't bothered to work out what to do next. And business, the business people I speak to say the same thing, and have said the same thing for the last six months, which is quite simply this. Um, we haven't the faintest idea what, where we're going. We haven't the faintest idea what a market will look like in two years' time, or three years' time, or five years' time. Uh, we put the bravest of faces on it. Uh, they've said this for six months, and they're still saying it now. They just don't know. You can't run a business like that. But they say, well, we kind of have to. David, is one of the bottom lines from from the, if you like, the European perspective, we can't be allowed to get away scot-free for leaving the club because if we do what's what's to stop other people doing it that must surely be the bottom line isn't it um i would say that there is an element of that um even schäuble who i mentioned is quite an anglophile has said that there you know it can't be the same uh, being outside the club as being inside the club and so you can't have all the advantages just by Um, deciding not to pay the money and not to take part in all the boring meetings. You've got to be a full member of the club uh, to to be in the single market. And that uh, basically, that message has been understood in London. And that's what caused Theresa May to announce, you might think um, quite prematurely, that we were withdrawing from the single market rather, rather than, you know, trying to think of a, an innovative way, perhaps, of staying Uh, half in um, the single market, perhaps by accepting that um, all of the, like Switzerland does, all of the new laws that are made, the technical laws that are made in Brussels should be considered for um, almost automatic adoption by the British Parliament. None of that is being entertained. It's really quite a fundamental break and that does really worry people on the European side and it means you're quite right that there cannot be the same level of access that that is that a member of the club has. Martin, if we could bring you here, uh, currencies and markets are almost certainly to be, if you like, in the spotlight very early on. It's going to hit a lot of investors and the people who read your columns and looking for share tips. What would your advice be to people in the initial uncertain period, but with that in mind, that currencies and and um, business is going to be hit one way or another. I think I'd take really take four four approaches here. Um, this is not going to be good news for any stock exposed to the UK consumer, 
whether it's pubs, retails, whatever, uh, we will have less money. We, are ha- we learned this week that we are currently uh, paying us uh, incre- increasing wages at le- a le- lesser rate than inflation. Um, likewise, if you've got low interest rates, then effectively your, 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 your money is being eroded. Um, if you're paying, if you're getting, frankly, a small percentage, one percent, um, on 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 in the bank, and if you're paying out, inflation is rising by more than two percent. Your money is being eroded. We've all been here before. If you remember the seventies and the eighties, I mean, God, hardly anything new. Um, so I think there are four things as I say. One, I would avoid consumer-facing stocks like retail and pubs and leisure um, that are entirely entirely exposed to the UK. Um, I think the pound will fall further which makes global stocks the sort that in the FTSE that did so well last summer probably look more attractive. Also spreads the risk away from the uh, the UK economy. Um, I still like the house builders, despite whatever anyone says about the housing market. I think there's a still a profound lack of supply and, 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 and high demand, and there's no way that's ever going to go away. So all the house builders I talk to, all the metrics, all numbers working in the right direction, and no reason, whatever people say, outside the London market, why that should particularly slow. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen. The fourth point I would make, and I've been banging on this about this for so long, people are probably tired of hearing it. Um, at a time of growing inflation, wherever it, wherever it may be and wherever it may end up, there are an awful lot of stocks, funds, trusts, whatever, that offer index-linked income. Um, they look increasingly attractive. Yes, and you write about it, particularly on Saturdays, and when you do the, the, the thematic column, yeah, so well worth a read there. Catherine, sorry, you were going to say... Well, I was going to say two things, really. One is it strikes me as just nonsensical that people are taking what's happening to the economy now as being the effect of Brexit, because obviously Brexit hasn't happened. We are we are just a, a nanosecond after the vote in the in the scheme of things. Um, and I think when you think about big investment decisions by companies th- that have already been made, they, as Martin absolutely says, people are making are putting a brave face on it. But big decisions, if they were due to be taken around now, of course they're being kicked down the road and, and we are yet to see the effect of that. That won't be for two or three or four or you know a decade, decade's time. The other thing that I feel so strongly when I go out and talk to businesses is the complete vacuum in which they're operating. People do not know what the gov- UK government's negotiating position is going to be. And while they totally accept that it's a fiendishly difficult task and obviously we don't know what all the other 27 members will want to. There is a real, just a complete vacuum, as I say, as to as to how this is going to be tackled. So one of many issues is, for example, that um, in the city, people think, well, things aren't going to be too bad because there's this thing called equivalence. And that means that if we have the same rules as they do in the EU, then we should have we should be able to have access on some terms to the single market because that's how the EU already works with other countries. But of course, the counter argument to that is that equivalence will not be dictated on technical terms in a legalistic way. It will be decided by political leaders, um, whether it be France and Germany or indeed by all of the 27 on, on their own particular basis. And so it's it, you can't predict how that can go and you can't prepare for it. And I, and people are sort of stuck in this circle as to what to do and they, they don't know what to do. Are you amazed, David, when you come back here on visits is it like living in separate parallel universes? You know, you've got your European hat on, you see it firsthand, and Germany is the powerhouse of the Eurozone and did the European Union. 
and then you come back here. Do you notice the difference? Is it stark? Um, I, I, the main difference I noticed was just before the referendum when um, this, there was a, an assumption in Germany as elsewhere that it, it would be passed and Britain would stay in the European Union. I came back to renew my passport and it was a sort of 48-hour visit and just about everybody I spoke to was voting leave. It was a, quite a shock to me actually to discover that... Um, just about everybody was determined to leave the European Union, the taxi drivers, the people working in the passport office. And I'm just speaking to everybody about it. But since then, um, and of course, what, what's, what's happened over here is, is, is we've gone through these stages of grief. You know, we've gone through uh, denial and, and there's been a, a long process of people some people still saying, it won't happen, will it? It won't happen. And of course, every step that's taken, um, the latest one being the, the rejection of the single market and the next one being Article 50, is driving it home here that, yes, Britain is leaving. And Angela Merkel now has accepted that Britain is leaving and is working towards... Um, perhaps it should be worrying to British negotiators, she is working towards a future of the 27. I mean, her absolute priority before the referendum was keeping the EU together, and her absolute priority now is keeping the EU together. And that should be understood um, in regards to our previous question, that it won't be an easy ride for Britain. We won't get favours from Angela Merkel. But on the other hand, they are also terrified of this... Um, crashing out cliff edge Brexit because it'll be so unpredictable. I mean, Britain could start introducing all sorts of policies to save its economy in that case um, from, you know, fantastic inducements for, for companies uh, to come and, and strange policies which affect the financial markets, um, scrapping all sorts of um, um, uh, banking rules and that sort of, and and cutting cutting regulations to the bone. So that kind of thing is 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 pretty terrifying to the continentals as it probably is to many people in in Britain. So there is an imperative to have uh, an agreement. But as we've talked about, will it include trade at the end of, of two years? Probably not, unless some huge compromises are, are, are accepted, which just won't be accepted. I mean, the French will pile in on agriculture, that they will want to block some British agricultural goods. I've got, just got no doubt. They don't want British lamb, which is much cheaper and just as good as not better quality than French lamb. Um, they, they, want to, they want to build their own um, uh, meat industry up, just, just, for, just for one very small example, and that will be repeated on many uh, in, in different areas. Well, I'd love to know who David was talking to when he was back here renewing his passport. Um, so on the point of parallel universes, we are, of course, already living in two parallel universes, the parts of Britain that voted one way and the parts of Britain that voted the other, and there's quite a clear geographical split. Um, there's a march on Saturday, which is in London, which I think is in support of pro-Remain, whatever you want to call them, whatever. Saturday is, oddly enough, the 60th anniversary of the signing of the Treaty of Rome to the day, which kicked the whole thing off. I mean... Well, it brings it neatly to full circle. Well, thank you all. We'll leave it there for the moment. But no doubt we'll be talking about this again. And uh, remember, you can keep up to date with all the Brexit news and analysis as it happens on your phone, tablet and in the paper. And watch out, I should say, for a flurry of full year results in the coming days. We'll also be having, covering those. If you're a subscriber and you haven't done so yet, then please do sign up for our daily morning and lunchtime business emails. If you would like to become a subscriber, then simply go to thetimes.co.uk. 
If you'd like to hear us weekly, subscribe through iTunes. Do feel free to post your comments. And my thanks, as always, to David Charter in Berlin and Catherine Griffiths and Martin Waller here in London. They're all on Twitter. They're going to be busy, so please do follow them. And join us again next week. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 